brought to you by the JPR Group of Baird Private Wealth Management. We're dedicated to bringing our clients, colleagues, and centers of influence the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and information to keep you informed and confident. Also, listen in on conversations with industry leaders and interesting people from around the country that are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the JPR Podcast. This is Sean Perry. I'm your host today with the JPR Podcast. And today we have special guest, Sam Yushio. Sam is the founder of GVG17, a purpose-driven change management firm, and has recently started Ikiga Labs. Sorry about that, Sam. Empowering people to find purpose. So welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk today. I think we've been doing this sort of lightning round of uh, calls with people about what's going on in the investment world. So this is a nice change to talk to somebody about some other, some other topics, some fun topics. Um, Sam's coming to us from Pacific Northwest. So he is in uh, COVID-19 ground central for, uh, for the, the country too. So he can, he provides an interesting perspective from that. So Sam is a great friend. Um, I would say that in JPR's wealth management journey, Sam's one of those that's in the top three that's had the biggest impact on our team and our success. So we owe a ton of success to Sam. And I'm just excited that the friendship that we've developed. So um, I'm excited to, to chat with you today. So so we talked about the GVG 17 and then you started this Ikigai Labs. Um, tell us a little bit about, about your story and just how you how you came about with the icky guy story. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, first off, thanks for, for having me, Sean. Uh, and I appreciate, I appreciate uh, those very uh, kind words. Um, I still reflect fondly back to my time with uh, the JPR team in Bowling Green uh, as some of the most memorable stops in uh, my experience in the corporate world. Um, in working in financial services. So probably some important content, just to, to add some context on what uh, Ikigai Lab is. We'll start there. So uh, Ikigai Lab is a purpose-driven change management firm that helps organizations, teams, and individuals maximize the power of purpose. Um, Ikigai is a Japanese uh, phrase, a Japanese philosophy that can be interpreted as your reason for being. Um, it's uh, backed by research that's been tied to longevity, creativity, uh, happiness. And uh, for me, it's a, it's a personal and a professional journey. So I worked in the uh, corporate world of financial services for roughly 20 years. Um, in that work, uh, had the opportunity to work with some outstanding financial advisors and financial advisory teams. Uh, and with JPR being one of them uh, at the top of the list, and um, through that experience, I uh, just kind of came to this point where I felt like I was longing for more. Um, felt like there was an opportunity, like I, I had this realization that there was a higher ceiling. And um, that was really amplified by the word growth. So I'd noticed that the word growth was everywhere in the industry, uh, but it was largely anchored on a conversation around money. So grow the portfolio or grow uh, the business. In some cases, growth was tied to professional growth, um, but very rarely was that conversation about personal growth. 
And as I started to observe that in the industry and running this team of management consultants across the country, coaching over roughly a thousand financial advisors per year, that really started to chip away. And I to observe that. And then eventually it forced me to reflect and identify that within myself, that my decisions were following that same architecture. Most of my decisions were based on financial growth, a little bit on professional growth and next to nothing on personal growth. And this was as I was going through this transition of having, um, you know, uh, my th- third child, uh, two working parents living in, um, you know, living in Seattle, Washington. And so, uh, so I made the leap and initially was l- focused uh, on the financial services industry uh, with a goal to incorporate creativity, experiential learning, uh, emotional intelligence, even taking kind of French concepts like mindfulness into financial services. And um, just found that there wasn't enough demand for what I was supplying. Uh, that led to some reflection and some insight on, you know, what's my path? Where am I going with this thing? Um, and at that pretty pivotal moment, I came across uh, a, a very per- personal story about my great-grandmother uh, that I can share some more background on if you're interested. The, the, the very short version of this story um, that I've been reflecting on a lot lately with everything that's happening in the world right now is that um, the the short version of the story is uh, she, uh, her and my great-grandfather to be the head priest of a Shinto in 1,200 years old today. Uh, in small town, Nebraska, in a rural community, uh, western Nebraska, surrounded by cornfields and metal. Um, the dial on the radio station is K. CLW, just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, the, 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 the town uh, where I grew up. And um, she was living there with, um, in this small community uh, with, um, in 1939, I'd just become a widow, and her husband was the next in line to be the head priest of the Shinto Shrine. They came to America to essentially um, save the shrine that was about ready to go under. Um, they made really tough choices, including leaving two children back in Japan, raising four children in America. She was a widow. World War II broke out. Uh, uh, you know, instigator, the catalyst was uh, the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor. She had a son in the Japanese Army. She had a son uh, that enlisted in the American Army, who was my grandfather, um, who was part of the 442 Battalion one of the most decorated battalions in the history of, of U.S. military, all Japanese Americans. And so I find all this, uh, this depth in purpose at this very pivotal moment in my life. And I, there, there are some very um, significant parallels that I was observing between the choices she had made in her life and the choices that I was faced with at that point in my life. And uh, right around then is when I uh, had found this concept of called Ikigai. Um, probably the last point I'll, I'll just mention here uh, is I have a, a, a mentor of mine is my an aunt. Um, and she was a financial advisor for roughly about 30 years. Um, and um, she's been a mentor of mine, very influential. She was planning on... Uh, working as a financial advisor until 
her her youngest child, her second daughter, um, graduated from college. And through a series of kind of um, events and understanding and, you know, I guess you could call it her ikigai, she made the decision to retire early. And it was, I was seeing parallels between her decision. She introduced this concept to me. I find all this rich history. And um, at that point, uh, this is late 2018, I made the decision to take this experience and change management that was historically working with financial advisors and engineer programs, content, and curriculum to help people and organizations uh, follow the same path toward maximizing the power of purpose. Um, so I'll, I'll stop there. Paul's there. No, that's great. And I've heard that story before, but I love hearing it again, especially just reading a World War II book. I, I jotted down the 442 again, uh, probably for the third time, I'm sure, since I've done that. You know, you, you said a couple things there. Um, one, you said change management, and you also said this feeling, uh, longing for more. And I think that probably resonates for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who, uh, as you and I have talked about, you know, aren't going to go back to doing what they did before, either by their choice or someone else's, but they're likely going to raise their hands and say, I'm not doing that commute anymore. Or I'm not traveling anymore. How has um, what you're doing with Ikigai morphed or developed even over the last couple months as we're seeing just a ton of change in a bunch of industries? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think uh, personally, you know, what I felt before pre-COVID um, was that when I would talk to a leader within an organization or I would talk to, to just anybody who was remotely interested in this concept, um, there was an interest, uh, but that interest was fleeting. It was, it was, uh, it was like they felt, um, they didn't feel compelled to take action upon it. Like it scratched an itch, but then they moved on. And, um, you know, the, the, that philosophy, that level of engagement has completely turned on its head. I think, you know, you look at, um, what's happened and what, what we fall back on. I think, um, one of the most instrumental, uh, some of the most instrumental components of weathering any type of storm, building any type of resiliency, I think comes down to understanding who am I on the inside and what are, what are the values that are, um, are important to me. And so when, you know, when you go through an experience like this, uh, I think one of the most important exercises that, that people can take that's, that's could be simple, could be difficult, but I think it's, it's necessary is just to really take a step back and reflect on what are my values and how can I let those values um, shine through? So kind of pre and post, it was like, yeah, I want to talk about my values. I want to get to that stuff because I think it's important. I want to think about my purpose. You know, I want to think about the, the talents that I have. Um, but in an environment where it's not 
really necessary to navigate. It wasn't as high of a priority. I think right now, um, the 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 different uh, groups, organizations, people that I'm working with, I can see a stark contrast between those who understand and those who don't. Those who have done the work or are on the path of doing the work toward understanding my values and my purpose, my talents and my strengths, and and those who unfortunately have it so or have not. Um, so I think that's that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've observed from a, a pre and a post. You know, Warren Buffett made a statement in 2009 that says, um, you see who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. But I think, you know, that has a lot to do also with just people's character and, uh, and values. And um, the fluff is gone, right? When you send your whole workforce home and you're trying to lead from an office and there's kids running around, the fluff and the fakeness is gone and it, it makes us all get back to, you know, who are we really at a core? So I appreciate that. I also just appreciate your desire to help people grow and learn. You've been uh, instrumental in doing that for me. So in the Ikigai lab format, um, you know, what's a few things people will learn? I'm, I'm assuming it's, you know, things you talked about just recently with values and things like that, and finding their purpose statement. As you, prior to this, as you were doing these around the country, you know, what was the goal in, in two or three minutes? What was the goal of, uh, of the labs you were doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to really two steps. I mean, the first step is discovery. And the second step is building a roadmap or building a plan. Um, the discovery is anchored on uh, what I had mentioned before. I think a, a lot of it starts on just understanding um, what are my values and really honing those values uh, in a way that's anchored on, on introspection and, and thought, right? So um, actually going through an exercise to look at a list, a comprehensive list of values, and then asking questions that force you to reflect. Um, you know, if you sit down for five minutes and I were to ask you uh, two or three questions and you wrote down your answers to those questions and then thought about what those responses mean, uh, that's really going to start to give you a, a, a better, more rich understanding of what these values are. So I think that's the starting point. Like, for example, so my, my three values uh, are uh, curiosity, creativity, and courage. And when, you know, when, when the NBA closed down and March Madness was canceled on that Thursday, when all that stuff was going down, uh, me, like everyone else in the world, was completely overwhelmed. I, I, I felt like, I mean, in, if you would have asked me before all that stuff was going down, I felt like I am prepared. I have built up this, this set of tools uh, to weather any storm. When that stuff hit, that was incredibly overwhelming, right? So there's just there's this incredible cognitive dissonance that's happening everywhere in the world. Um, and I think that was the spark that lit the fire right around that, that I think it was a Thursday. Um, you fast forward uh, to Tuesday and um, it was St. Patrick's Day. And so my mother is, uh, is Irish, Irish American. So I and I always call my mom on St. Patty's Day. And for me, that was this moment to kind of unplug and stop 
stop you know immersing myself into this stuff and when i pulled out uh you know and, and really looked around after having a great conversation with my mother and talking about saint patty's day uh it gave me a chance to go back to those three so it gave me a chance to go back to um you know curiosity creativity and courage and then really say okay what am i doing right now and it does this align with those three core values so I think that's one of the, 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 the entry points on the discovery process. Then it comes down to, that's largely subjective to the individual, right? So your three values, Sean, are gonna most likely be three different values in mine, which is gonna be three different values from somebody else's. That's very subjective based on our journey to this point. On the objective side, uh, so I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. Uh, Gallup has, uh, uh, something called Clifton Strengths, which is an assessment that's been uh, conducted on 25 million people globally. Um, that is uh, research-based, and there are 34 talents. Uh, you take the assessment, and that assessment will say, based on your responses to this 177-question assessment, these are your top five talents. So that's objective from research. And so I look at the combination of those two. I call it, um, I kind of call old, or Ikigai the old school, I call Clifton Strengths the new school. It's this powerful combination of subjective and objective. That's the first entry point to just figure out, okay, what is my purpose? And then the discovery, or that's the discovery process. Step two, the roadmap is, um, you know, how do I point this in a way to be more intentional? to live with more intention. And where that manifests itself is in uh, six dimensions of well-being. And so those six dimensions are social, physical, intellectual, emotional, uh, spiritual, and professional. So now that I've done the hard work to understand what my values are, now I know what my talents and strengths are, now I need to start to point it into these dimensions so that I can show up the way that I wanna show up in these six categories uh, so that I can live a more holistic, uh, well-intentioned life. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> there's so many questions I have, but I think those six dimensions also tie into, you're doing something I noticed on LinkedIn called Wellbeing Wednesdays. And right. those are those six dimensions where you're getting groups of people together to talk about those. Um, you mentioned the string finder coach. Um, that's something that was interesting to me as you went down that journey. Um, because I've been a big fan of string finder for a long time. Uh, mostly because I felt like for 20 bucks, it's the best tool out there to really get a good sense. You buy the book, you get the code. Uh, I'm curious to talk through something with you. Uh, I've taken it recently and it was about 10 years ago that I took it before and mine changed quite a bit. Like I had um, three come into it, come into my top five that weren't a part of my top five 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it used to be command, focus, input, achiever, and competition. And now it's relator is number one. Focus is still number two, but self-assurance is three, responsibility four, and command five. So I've got my number one wasn't even in my top five 10 years ago, and my number three wasn't in my top five 
mm-hmm. 10 years ago. So I found that to be really interesting. I think I understand why it is just based on some things that have changed in my life and things I've focused on. But I'm curious to get a little free street coach advice from you on why you think that yeah. may have happened. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's, there's a, there's a couple of points here. One is, um, if you look at, so Gallup is, Gallup is a pretty incredible organization. It's, um, you know, just at the bare bones, they're, they're a, a survey organization, but then they're also a positive psychology organization. Um, Don Clifton was a, a professor, <clears throat> excuse me, a professor, um, a psychology professor at the University of Nebraska back in the 50s or 60s he had asked the question well what would happen if we focused on what's right with people and that was that was out there back in the 50s and 60s positive psychology really didn't become established until 1998 so you've got the positive psychology side matched with the um the uh, you know the 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 interviewing company that i believe has been around for over a over a century century maybe even even longer than that um, so you've got this powerful combination of very precise, insightful questions combined with this philosophy of what happens if we focus on what's right with people. So to your question about things have changed, I think the response that, that you'll find is a couple things. One is um, there's a little bit of mystery black box on the on the, on the formula behind the, what shows up in the top five. But if you really started to press, I think what you'll find is um, the separation between um, number one and two, and even probably one and eight is incredibly low. So if you pressed, um, you know, the chief scientist at Gallup, what uh, Dr. Jim Harder would say is, you know, the top 10, have a tendency to be relatively stable over time, the order may shift. And, and that comes back to this, this idea or this concept, not even an idea, that your talents are implicit, they're internal within you. When you start to flex them and point them in a way that uh, leads change or drives behavior, that is when it's a strength. And so most likely those two or three that popped up into the top five may have been in the top 10. I think that's, that's one consideration. If they weren't, I think the other thing is, you know, the other point to make is over time um, we may change. Right. Uh, so they'll be typically, if you're at the point of life or older, those five, they may change the order every single time you've taken it. Uh, but those top five will largely stay the, stay, stay the same five. But if it when you're 21 years old, just graduating from college, uh, and then you're taking it 20 years later, when you you know you've you've you're married with three kids and you've got all different realities of life, it may change a little bit. Um, but they have a tendency to be relatively stable in those top ten. Okay. Well, thank you for that. It's been. Uh we did this with our group and we put them all on the spreadsheet and we saw which, you know, which of the 34 did we have gaps and, and then how they categorize them in four different 
categories of strengths and we looked at that looked at it in a lot of different ways and it was a really helpful exercise so so one one point sean just to sorry to interrupt there i think what we're going through right now um probably has a, a high potential to to change people's perception change the way that we view everything um so if someone took took their uh clifton strengths uh last two months ago three months ago uh and then they take it two or three months from now i think we're, what we're going through right now is one of those types of, of events that um is an agent is a change agent right uh, in, in obviously in in a number of different ways but what we're experiencing right now um has that potential to shift and i, I, I probably a good example that i that there's a book that that's fond of both of us we've talked about it before is second mountain right so if you think about just the, the conceptually second mountain where you're going from the first mountain really built on achievement and ego and you go to the second mountain that's built on um you know uh, your uh, purpose and living a moral life and in two is the valley i think what's what's uh, happening right now universally is kind of we're all going through this we're, we're all collectively in this valley right and we're figuring out how do we get to that to that second mountain so just to tie that back to your question uh about the top five changing maybe even the top 10 changing um you know you could see some some changes that people would experience because they're just processing everything differently yeah that's a great point i'm uh i'm excited about the change i think that there's a couple the change there's two different ways to look at it you can you can regret the past or you can be excited about the future and i'm, I'm excited about how um i've been excited about this time just with my family like some renewed time at home and figuring out that i really can work uh, from home so I'm going to transition to just a couple of questions. One of the things uh, on my list was what you're reading. And I had written Second Mountain down because you, when you were talking about Ikigai, you said, who am I and the values that are important? And, and Second Mountain was came up to me because I think that, was a, that book's great in the sense of, as you were talking about, just on the Second Mountain, you start to serve others and, and be other focused. And, and uh, so, yeah, what are you reading? Um, and then to tie into that sort of, podcast you're listening to uh, now or what have you read recently that you thought man some other people should read this uh so one one book that i'm reading right now is called happy cities or happy city uh it's really interesting given the state that we're in right now um it starts off with some maybe chapter four uh but it talks about um urban design the design of cities. Uh, it actually starts off with a really interesting story about a mayor in Bogota, Colombia that campaigned on bikes, riding bikes, um, like minimizing the amount of, of uh, traffic. Um, and it's this concept of how can, how can city or how can urban planners, how can we all kind of build around um, focusing on purpose, right? Um, the others, uh, so I'm reading a lot of stuff that comes out of Gallup. I mean, Gallup's, Gallup's research that's coming out right now, they've got a lot of resources that are pointed toward 
COVID-19 in terms of leadership of organizations, in terms of parenting. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's some great resources that are coming out of Gallup uh, right now that are real time. Um, some interesting, an interesting stat I saw yesterday, they had asked the question about uh, physical, so uh, physical uh, health, financial health, and mental and emotional health. So are you experiencing a hardship on any three of those dimensions currently? Will you experience it if you're you know, quarantined for a couple weeks or you experience it a couple months? Um, and people are most concerned about mental and emotional. Um, given there's, you know, there's the health threat that's out there, there's the financial economic threat that's out there, but you know, people are completing um, anonymous surveys. They're, they're most concerned about emotional. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff coming out of Gallup. And then I'm, you know, I'm really diving into um, some stuff on uh, the impact of mindset, mindset impact. That's probably the easiest to describe it. Uh, something that's very powerful right now is the, this, the dif difference between empathy and compassion. So I think we talk a lot about empathy. I'm empathetic toward their situation. I'm, you know, I'm empathetic toward um, the suffering, the pain that's happening out there. And you know, really um, dissecting the difference too. So empathy actually means when you're empathetic, you're actually taking on the emotion of that individual. And so you become captive to that emotion. You become a patient. Uh, you feel that pain. And now you can't help that person because you're, help, you're uh, experiencing the exact same trauma, if you will, or that type of emotion. Versus compassion is actionable. So compassion, is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I'm going to acknowledge uh but now i'm going to do the really what i think is one of the most courageous uh, one of the most uh courageous uh, uh th things that someone can do right now is to listen to hear it to embrace it and then say all right i want to help i want to help this person get out of it um so when you hear i think compassion typically is like this fluffy thing but, but if you look at passion now and it's acknowledging the challenges that we have um, and then doing what I think is one of the most courageous things right now and going out and saying, hey, I'm going to listen, I'm going to hear your pain and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up and try to help you out. I think fall into the mindset. There's other mindset stuff that's you know, strengths-based, strengths-oriented, but there are a couple of the items on the list. Yeah, that's great. That's a great word on action and compassion. I think uh, I heard somebody say it this way of like, a lot of times we can ask people, what can I do for you? And a better thing is to just say, I want to do this. You know, like instead of, can I bring you food? I'm going to bring you food on Tuesday night at seven. Do you want pizza or chicken fingers? You know, as a, as an example, but just because yeah. people can't, it's hard for people to answer the first question, but they can answer the second one yeah. pretty easily. And even our even our team has stepped up and just uh, partnered with a local small business and just bought pizzas for some healthcare workers over the last few weeks. And I think we've gotten more joy out of doing that than 
probably they did out of receiving it. Um, one last thing, um, you, you've changed, you know, since you and I've known each other, which is now seven, eight years, um, you've went through quite a bit of an, an evolution. You know, you've went from, uh, a ton of airline miles to working from home and, um, just curious what you would tell a younger version of Sam, you know, what is, what does Sam know now that he wished he would have known 10 or 15 years ago? Uh, and I, I think, um, that's a, such a good question. Um, take the right thing serious. Uh, I think we often have a tendency to place priority on things that maybe seem right at the moment, but one click or two beyond that moment, it's not that serious. It's not that important. Um, yeah, a, a heavy influence on the curriculum that I've developed uh, in Ikigai Lab is a book called Blue Zones. And Blue Zones is um, written by a National Geographic researcher named Dan Butner, who wanted to find where do people live longest in the world. And this this issue of of National Geographic, I believe, was the most uh, read, most most purchased issue ever uh, and he found five places in the world where people live the longest one of those five is in Okinawa Japan and that's where Ikigai kind of became commercialized in a, to the Western world in about 2005 2004 um, so you look at what he talks about that leads toward longevity it's four four things it's um, diet so we all know that right eating the right diet and right eating the right foods it's um, community, community support, um, building strong, solid relationships that are lasting and investing in those relationships. Uh, number three, it's um, integrative exercise. So that doesn't mean going to the gym across the world or across these five blue zones. They've built habits and routines into their daily life that force them, that force movement, basically. Right. So if you went to somebody in, um, in, in Okinawa and said, what gym do you work out with? They'd be like, what are you talking about? It's, they, they, they garden, they go on walks to build community. Right. So it's, so that, and then the fourth is mindset. It's just life philosophy. So, uh, you know, what I, what I would tell, uh, the younger version of myself is, is, uh, engineer more of your decisions around those four build strong relationships invest in those strong relationships um you know take care of your body eat the right foods uh also you know allow yourself to if you slip don't beat yourself up that's where the compassion comes in self-compassion you know there's a lot of people that are probably off their diet game right now off their exercise game it's okay uh you know just brush it off and start, you'd be like an NFL quarterback, right? NFL quarterbacks, you blow the play, you got to come back and line back up again. Um, have the right mindset, positive, positive, uh, psychology based. And then, um, you know, in, invest more time into integrative exercise, walk garden. I think our, our, uh, our yard has never looked, looked so great. <laughs> um, 
And I think the, the last point is just, it comes back to uh, a, a positive mindset, positive psychology. The, the, I, the, the last, I just thought of this when we were talking about reading, stuff we're reading. Yeah, you, you, everyone's familiar with this placebo effect, right? So the placebo effect concept of, of um, you know, you, you do a trial drug, you, you, one person actually gets a drug, the other person gets like a, a pill with sugar in it. Uh, what's interesting is that the person who takes the pill with the sugar in it, oftentimes will experience change. So they, they believe it, they accept it, they kind of surrender to it. Okay, I actually, this thing's working and it changes. And um, that just shows the power of the mind so that's called a placebo on the positive side. The kind of the opposite of that is a nocebo, which has the exact same impact. And I think if you just think in very simple terms, what I would tell my younger self, I think what I would tell anybody right now is you got the placebo and you got the nocebo. And, you know, as much as possible, I'm not saying it's no one's capable of doing this in every minute of every day. Uh, what we're going through right now, but as much as possible, try to try to, you know, grab the placebo. Um, not the nocebo. Opt into the thing. We all have a responsibility to pay attention to what's happening, but our responsibility will have a choice. How we process that, um, uh, and we're not blind to the to the thing to the things that are happening out there, um, and make a choice to do with those emotions. Uh, so that's what I would say there, Sean. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, tell people where they can find you. If everybody wants to find out a little bit more about Sam Ushio um, or Ikigai Labs, where can they find yeah. you? Uh, so thanks, Sean. Um, you can find me. So my website is gvg17.com. Uh, that's gvg17.com. Uh, Sean, you had mentioned Wellbeing Wednesdays. So you can also go to uh, Wellbeing dash wednesdays.com uh what we're doing there i think is is really uh positive really impactful so every wednesday uh we talk about one dimension of well-being it's a 45 minute conversation that's built on discovery and uh building a quick roadmap we keep it to 45 minutes uh ask a couple questions have a quick conversation and then you build the seven day plan so what do I want to do over the course of the next seven days uh, to be more intentional about this particular dimension, physical, social, et cetera. Um, so you can go Wellbeing Wednesdays. I do a lot of my social media on um, LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, feel free to shoot me a note there. It's just Sam Ushio, U-S-H-I-O. And uh, those are where I'm spending the majority of my time. Great. Well, thanks for being with us today. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody else for listening in. And, and I just want to really reiterate what I said earlier, just appreciate your longtime friendship and, uh, and help and guidance along the way. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable sources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. 
The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.